Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dog Lucy. Together we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs whose work is inspired by their dogs. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. On this episode, I'm talking to an industrial designer who is reinventing the dog crate. Imagine having a safe, functional, and pretty crate for your dog. She's making it a reality, and she launched a Kickstarter campaign to get it off the ground. This is such a great conversation. I know you're all going to get a lot out of it. Let's dive in. Amy Kim is a crazy dog mom and an industrial designer launching a new nesting space for dogs on Kickstarter called Pod. She started Chasing Monkey as an Instagram account for her dog, Monkey, and turned it into a company when Amy came up with the idea for this cool product for Monkey while living in New York City. Amy is also a single mom to a three-year-old boy and has a full-time job while pursuing her dream of making Pod a reality. Hey, Amy. Hi, Tori. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So Pod, which is P-A-W-D, is this product that you came up with. Tell us about it. Okay, so I came up with Pod because um, I was living in a small apartment with Monkey in New York City, and I got a crate to train Monkey, but it was just so ugly and clunky, and when I had people coming over, I wanted to hide it. Like, what is that thing? You know, and I'd be like, oh, that's that's Monkey's bed, and so I would cover it with a towel or something or, you know, and I was like, all right, I got to go look for a cuter crate for Monkey but I could not find anything out there. Like the best product that I found or the closest was like a wood crate that doesn't really match my apartment. So then I just, uh, I went to the pet expo to see if there was something out there and I realized there wasn't anything. So then I'm like, all right, I'm an industrial designer. I'm gonna give it a go. So then um, I came up with pod and it took me three years because it's a lot of designing reiteration and prototyping and then you have to repeat it so um it's been a long process but a very rewarding one so that's how it came up with that's so cool (laughs) so you mentioned your industrial design background like what kind of products and items have you designed in that professional capacity so i studied automotive design so i went to go design cars for ford in detroit for five years And then after that, I wanted to get out of Detroit, explore something new. So I went to a consultancy, product design consultancy in New York. Um, I worked for the, I worked for Xbox. I designed the controller for Xbox. And after that, I went to another video game company designing their hardware. And before I, well, before, I mean, after that, um, I went to go work for a startup in New York. And that's when I, the idea, I was tinkering with the idea of pod. And then um, I unexpectedly moved out of New York um, and I had my son and that gave me some time off to think about what I really wanted to do. So then at that time I was like, you know what, like I just got to pursue something that I want to do this time instead of just going back to cor- the safe corporate gig. So then, Yeah started pursuing it that's so awesome so okay so three years is kind of a long time but if you can like Mm -hmm. condense it a little bit like what are the steps that you took 
from when you came up with this idea like mm-hmm. like what do you do next obviously you have a design background so you sort of know but like right like if someone had a crazy idea for like mm-hmm. a baby gate for dogs or something mm-hmm. like it would be kind of similar like how would you get to this point okay first you got to do a ton of research see what's out there what kind of patents are filed or if there's anything similar um so that you can't come up because sometimes you might infringe on someone else's patent you know and if you're coming up with something new like that then you need to do a lot of research um so i came up with a design that i liked and you can find all these great resources on upwork.com where it's just like a website of freelancers um and so you can find industrial designers to help you you can find design engineers to help you Uh, and then from there you make your prototypes, but this is, you know, I come from a design background and this was very hard for me, you know, so I can't imagine like someone who's living in somewhere there. It's not where there's like a huge design community trying to get something made, but, um, so, but there's a lot of great resources out there and being an entrepreneur is being able to find the answers on your own, you know, it's. So everyone could have a great idea, but it's just that you have to find that idea and go online and figure out, you know, how to make that idea come true. And there's so many people that you could just um, email, you know, like I've emailed just random people said, hey, I'm doing this. Could you help me out? And then they'll give you great feedback. I once heard um, like someone, somebody give a chat about entrepreneurship like on a seminar or something or wrote like, um, and then, so I just emailed him and I said, Hey, can you help me out? Like, I have this idea. What do you think? And I didn't think I would get a response, but he was like, Oh, I happen, I happen to be in tra- at the airport right now, just waiting for my flight. If you want to get on a call. And he was like in Switzerland or something. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So I was able to talk to like a complete stranger for 30 minutes about my idea and get some feedback. That's so awesome. So- yeah, there's like a lot of little op- hidden opportunities that if you really want it, you can find on your own. You don't need like a guru to help you and you don't need to be a guru, guru yourself. Like you could figure it out. And that's the beauty of like entrepreneurship, right? We're all exactly. like just learning it on the fly. Exactly. I know. It's yeah. amazing what you can just learn on the internet. Like at least for me, I've, I've like shifted both of my businesses a bunch in the last year and like you just figure it out, you know? Yeah, like YouTube is such a great resource for that Mm -hmm. where, you know, I mean, this is like a silly example, but I'm like, I need to change the filter on something and then I'll just YouTube it. So if you have a a question about doing something digital online, there is an answer for you on YouTube. Like someone else has the same exact problem. Right. So, So, okay. So, all right. So you found or you you found designers or you did the design yourself and and sort of put together like the technical parts of the design and and did prototypes and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So then like, how do you how do you tell people that it exists? You know, I I guess that's like the next part of, of building this. Yeah. And that was the hardest part for me because. I've never done marketing, you know, I've never done like social outreach, never really been into social media. And now I'm going, I'm doing it all on my own. Um, but 
the best part is that you can learn that too, you know? <laughs> so I have been able to, so this is what I've done. Um, and anyone can do this. So marketing to pet, um, owners, it's a very unique group because at one point on an, uh, or another, they had a great experience with their pet. So like everyone already has a positive connection to their pet, right? Which is unlike a lot of products out there. Um, and not only that, like pet moms are similar or pet parents are similar to like baby parents, but at the same time, baby parents aren't, um, posting about their babies all the time because they're a little bit weary about showing off, putting their po pictures of their babies online, but their pets, it's like, Hey, I got the cutest dog in the world and she's so amazing or he's so amazing. So people are constantly sharing. Um, stories about their dogs and I think that they're very receptive to it because there's that positivity like there's that positive connection so what I did was um I figured okay if I don't have like I'm on a smaller budget and I'm gonna find people that I need to reach out to I figured if I went on Instagram and found like uh email leads which so many pet uh parents have on there so if I found 30 emails uh, a day, like every night before I went to sleep, I look up 30 emails, right? In 30 days, you'll have 900. So that's 900 free leads that you can contact. That's amazing. And so, yeah, so you just have to think, um, where are my buyers and how could I access them without like costing me too much money? Mm -hmm. So then I did that for about like two months before leading up to the launch. And I just reached out to a ton of influencers. And, you know, the thing is, like, don't expect anything. Don't expect anyone to respond to you. But the very few that do, like, um, they could really help you, you know, like talking to you, Tori. Right. Um, yeah. And so you could have conversations and the thing about it is like, you can't think of, uh, reaching out to these people as like one time deal. You know, you have to see it as like a long term deal. Like you're planting the seed mm -hmm. and now they know about your product. They might not purchase it today or next week, but then maybe in six months they'll say, Hey, like I saw that somewhere. Oh, maybe you might be interested to somebody else. Yeah. So, um, that's the way that I look at it because, you know, you're going to go through so many rejections and like, you know, so, like a lot of uh, people aren't going to respond. But at the same time, just know that like you're building towards something and little by little, like you'll get there. And um, that's just been the biggest learning curve for me is that you have to be really patient, but then you have to like, you know, keep up the enthusiasm. Right. Because you never know what could come out of it. And just so everyone who's listening here knows, um, Amy reached out to me randomly. I was one of those people who she found their email address <laughs> on Instagram. And that's why we're here talking right now. And I saw um, she sent me a link to check out Pod on Kickstarter. And like right now, I don't have the need for a crate. But when Lucy was a puppy, I had one of those standard metal crates and it was so ugly and uh she like would bend the metal door to like sneak out of it <laughs> and I actually sewed a like slip cover to go over top of yes. the crate uh -huh. to make it like look prettier I went and chose like a nice pretty fabric that I liked and then I like sewed it myself on the sewing machine 
Um, so even though I'm not in the market for a crate right now, I totally identified with the problem that you were solving and mm-hmm. like, who knows, I might need a crate for the next puppy. I'm sure there will be another puppy one day. Um, and so, so, and I was just excited. It, it's, it's a really well-designed product. I want everyone to go look at it and, um, and it, and it comes in pretty colors like pink, <laughs> which I liked. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so I think I, I was just, I really wanted to sort of share your story. And, um, even though I'm not gonna buy one right this second, um, I, hopefully this message will get out to lots of people and, and sort of get the word out about pod. So, um, tell us a little bit. So I, I saw your Kickstarter page, which is live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if everyone wants to go check it out, tell us how you chose to do Kickstarter. Um, like why, why do Kickstarter? Well, so I really had to think about like who my audience is, right? Who Who's going to like a pod? And it's generally like younger uh, people that are single mom and dads that live in urban areas, right? Because if you're, it's because we're only launching with one size. And um, if you live in a city, you're more likely to have a smaller dog. And when I was living in New York City, the only way you could potty train your dog was with a crate. So, um, I, you know, so I was figuring out who my audience is and where are they at? And I felt like Kickstarter was a right platform and Kickstarter is so much work. Like I was just doing the research and there, it, there's a whole nother world to it, um, which I won't go deep into, but, um, it just felt like a very condensed, uh, marketing campaign for a product launch. But you learn so fast because there's so much you have to do. Um, so I just felt like it had the right audience. You know, it's got like it's very um, design forward, and I know that Kickstarters are early adopters, and so they would be there. So just like thinking about where my where where it would be a good platform to launch my product was, yeah behind it. And also like, it's great to get uh, market validation, you know, like, is my product something that people want? Am I going to go and spend 50,000 on tooling when no, nobody wants it? Right. So it w- it's a good way of like gauging your audience, your customer. So um, tell us like, what is the time frame and what's the goal that you set for your campaign? The campaign is going to be 40 days and the goal is 50,000. Awesome. And do you yeah. have lots of like cool rewards for people who contribute? Yes. So, well, we have the standard uh, pods that you could uh, mix and match. We got white, gray, and pink. And you can also get the bed inserts, which you can mix and match as well. But for our earliest backers, we will be able to like customize their dog's name on the front plate, the front door of the crate. Ooh, that sounds really fun. The pod, yeah. I love so, anything that's personalized for my dog. Yeah. <laughs> so get get them. You be the like first ones to get them. Running your own business isn't easy. There is so much to keep up with every day to let people know that you exist. Posting on social media can be really effective, but who has time to research all the latest algorithms and strategies to gain new followers and get them to your website? Based on everything I learned growing my Instagram presence for my own account, which is at tmystic, I created a new business called Instamystic. I'm here to help you magically create positively engaging Instagram content. 
whether you're promoting your dog, your business, or yourself. You can learn more about how I can help you at torimystic.com. That's T-O-R-I-M-I-S-T-I-C-K.com. And since you're a loyal podcast listener, I created a free bonus just for you. Get 24 of my go-to dog mom hashtags by visiting torimystic.com slash dogmom. You can also find a direct link to this list in the show notes of this episode. Um, so what what makes the pod better? I know you've already kind of described like how you came up with it and everything, but what makes it so unique compared to other dog crates? Like most importantly, you want to put your dog where it's safe. Um, and when I was doing research about crates, there was a lot of people that put in the reviews, oh my God, my dog's paw got stuck between the the metal or, you know, um, I scratched myself and there was a lot of complaints about how cheaply and poorly it was made. Um, and so first I wanted to make pod safe. Like you can't, there's no sharp edges or corners where your dog can hurt themselves. And then the plastic polypropylene is the same plastic that baby bottles are made out of. So it's very safe but it's also very durable so that your dog can't chew through it. Right. But if your dog um, licks it, like they're going to be okay because dogs lick yeah, everything. <laughs> they're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also I was, uh, when I was doing the research, I said, Oh, my crate smells and I don't know how to get the smell out. So, um, it's odor resistant. Um, and you could easily take the bed insert out and wash it yeah. and, and wipe down the, uh, pod. And another thing is that it's easily collapsible. Uh, the metal crates were impossible for me to, because you, you have to like, um, because it's, uh, um, you have to pull on both sides and I couldn't figure out how to uh, collapse it in New York. And no, I was like, I know. oh my God, this is so, like, this is so annoying. So I knew that being able to collapse it was one of the things that we had to solve. Like, how do we make it collapse so that, you could put it away underneath the couch when someone's coming over or like when you want to go somewhere, you want to like check into a hotel, but your dogs um, and and you want to like provide a safe space for them. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, that's um, a great solution. Because like when Lucy was a puppy, she was like five months old and we went to we drove from Pittsburgh to the beach in New Jersey, which is like, I don't know, seven hours or something away. And we were staying at like a little beach house and she was still being crate trained at the time. But there was no way I could. First of all, the, the metal crates are hard to collapse. But then there was like, even if I did collapse it, like it, there's just no way I could fit it in my car and everything because like they're still really clunky. Um, yeah. And so I ended up making her. I called it her cabana, and I made her sleep in the closet <laughs> at night. <laughs> Since we mm-hmm. didn't have like a crate or anything, I just kind of like barricaded her into like the little closet in the, in the house that we were staying in. That was her like little vacation cabana. But like having something that was easy to collapse, like if, if everyone goes online and watches the video on your Kickstarter, you can see like it just collapses so easily. Like you're folding a box or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's super easy. So, um, why, why do you think that like when you did, were doing all your research and there was nothing else like Mm -hmm. this on the market, like why has no one else made a better crate until you came along? Okay. I know the reason for that (laughs) because it's very, very expensive. Okay. Um, because 
let's say if someone came up with something uh, beautiful in order for for you to go prototype it, design it, and then because you have to reiterate. Um, so every time I prototype something, it was like thousands of dollars. So um, I couldn't imagine like, I mean, I, I do have a full time job and I couldn't imagine anyone else like coming up with something saying, and especially if it's made out of plastic, because you have to uh, pay for the tooling for the mold and, um, you know, and you want to test the product before. But then every time you test a product, you iterate, you improve the design. It's like thousands of dollars. Because you have to make a new mold know. every time. Well, not new mold. You have to, yeah, you have to actually make the prototype, but it has to be milled out of plastic. Because okay. you can't, you don't want to actually go into the mold without knowing for sure what it's going to look like. Okay. So I was like, how is anyone going to figure this out unless they work for a big corporation? Because it's such a big product that that's why if it's something small, then you could prototype easily and you can 3D print it. But because it was so big that it's not so easy unless you work for a company that backs your backs you. Right. research and unless you're working for like nasa and nasa is not really in the dog <laughs> business <laughs> yeah yeah so so um uh, okay that, that's why so we did hear uh, a few puppies earlier so you have your dog monkey who's monkey? the inspiration yeah. for all of this yes. but you have other mm-hmm. dogs and you have like a like a niece or nephew dog that hangs out with you so yeah <laughs> tell us about the pack that you have at your house right now Okay, so we got four dogs. Monkey is a Katon, and the three dogs are Shih Tzus, oh. but they're all boys. Um, it's Monkey, Coco, Brownie, and Max. Uh, but Coco, he's like the caretaker. He's really soft, so we give him a pink collar um, because we're like he's like kind of like the mother hen, you know. Oh. Um, yeah, and then I got a three-year-old son, so the house is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Does your son like to help out with the dogs at all? I no. mean, no. <laughs> I mean, he just likes holding monkey because he's really small, mm-hmm. and he says that's that's a monkey's his favorite. So it's really cute. But monkey runs whenever he sees him. So what was monkey's so. breed again? Oh, he's a Couton de Tulier. Okay. It's like a French uh, Havanese version. Oh, that's neat. I've never heard that before. Yeah. How, so how yeah, did you... I've never heard it either until um, I got him. Yeah. And how did you meet Monkey? How did you guys come to be together? Um, my ex-fiance uh, brought him for me. Yeah. Aww. He... Yeah, he surprised me, so. And the mm-hmm. dog is still around, but the guy is gone, so. Yeah. I would yeah, have made right. the same decision. <laughs> I'm with you. <ya>. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> um, so tell us, like, what do you, obviously, Monkey is a very fun um, puppy, and Coco, and Max, and Brownie, right? Mm-hmm. Did I get all the names yeah. right? So yeah. what kind of like personality traits or how do they inspire you throughout the day? Or maybe they don't. Maybe they inspire you to like leave your computer and go outside or something like that. Like what What do you guys, what's your relationship like? Um, so Monkey, he's my heart because uh, 
Like he was my first, I've, he's, he was my ninth dog, but he was the first dog that was mine. Like I, I was the sole provider for him. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and when I was living in New York, I was pregnant with my son and I went through something very difficult and you know, my dog monkey, he saved me. Mm -hmm. And I know so many stories from people like that where their dog like looks after them, you know, they do so much for you. Um, and so monkey has my heart. And so he inspires me, you know, uh, he did, he like, he saved me throughout my whole pregnancy, gave me a reason to go outside and, and walk and get out of the house. And, you know, they give you a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love that. And that's why, uh, you know, I was like monkey. So I named the comp company after monkey. It's called chasing monkey, which was his Instagram handle. Yeah. Um, so monkey's my inspiration. And then Coco Brownie and Max, they're all very sweet in their own way. Um, they all have like really interesting personality because Brownie's like the head honcho he's like don't mess around with me everyone listens to me <laughs> and coco's like very soft and then max is just like kind of free for all he <laughs> just wants to have fun you know he's brute yeah uh so it's and are, fun. are the three and shih tzus are they related so coco and brownie are brothers okay and max um my sister just like found him on the street oh and he was lost and he was living out of a trash can and Aww. he looked like Mad Max. <laughs> like he looked crazy. So, um, and then she took him to the vet and got him all taken care of. And he turned out to be the best dog. Like yeah. such a cute lap dog. Um, and I guess because he was homeless for so long, he just loves being next to people. So he'll just, um, and he's like a chubby Shih Tzu mm -hmm. or we'll say he's big boned, <laughs> but I'll just like lay on you he always wants to touch you or like he thinks he's a cat so he'll come and sit on your lap but meanwhile he's like 18 pounds so <laughs> that <laughs> sounds cute. so cute it sounds like really fun to hang out with all of them all day or yeah whenever you're there yeah whenever I'm working there all uh, four of them like sit on the bed and then they all stare at me <laughs> Like, feed, feed us. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, we're waiting. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, um, I know that you have a busy day because your Kickstarter is live. So um, I'm going to let you go and get to that. But tell everyone where they can find you online and where they can find your Kickstarter. Okay. Um, you can find us online at uh, www.chasingmonkey. It's just chasingmonkey.com or on Instagram, the handle's chasingmonkey. And you can find us on Kickstarter as pod, P A W D, not like pod. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. That's so awesome. And we're on Facebook too. So you can, it, all those messages come directly to me and my colleagues. So we'll answer any questions you have. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast today and um, good luck launching this product. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes for this episode at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, Lucy and I will see you around the dog park. <laughs>